0: You're listening to the Less Stress in Life podcast. Your hosts, Deb Timmerman and Barb Fletcher, are on a mission to help individuals and organizations manage stress and change. Together, they bring you real conversations, inspirational stories, and strategies to help move you from being stressed to feeling your best.
1: There we go. Hello everyone, I'm Barb Fletcher and welcome to our series of 52 practical tools for less stress in life. This is episode 13.
0: Hi everyone, I'm Deb Timmerman. Our goal is to give you tools and strategies that helps you move from being stressed to feeling your best. And today we're going to talk about compassion fatigue.
1: Compassion fatigue is a term that we hear seems like more and more often. Can you share, Deb, a little bit about what it is.
0: Compassion fatigue is physical and emotional exhaustion to the point that we lose our ability to empathize with other people. We lose our compassion for others. And sometimes we call it secondary traumatic stress. So it's not our stress. It's being in the stress of other people's stress. And we start to numb out or take that on until it's like, ugh, we go to work and we do our job but we can't really connect with those people that we're serving.
1: I think we can all remember a time when we weren't able to bring our best self to a situation and and you know sometimes we we think it's that it's us it, that we're the problem that and in truth it's because we've been uh, we've been giving.
0: Yeah, we give too much. And when we give so much and we don't take the time to recharge ourselves, we're at risk for compassion fatigue.
1: Mm. What do you think we're hearing more recently? What, what, what's different now than might have been 20 years ago?
0: When I first heard about compassion fatigue, I was working in hospice. So being around death and dying all the time, it, you had to have a little bit of a tough exterior because some of the situations are, they're tragic and they're awful. And right now we're hearing more about it, particularly after the pandemic, because we had lots of frontline workers giving their all every day to get over this hump. And we saw the pictures of those weary faces. Um, mm-hmm. TV, and we heard about those stories. And, you know, I don't know if they were suffering compassion fatigue at the time, maybe they were too caught up in the hullabaloo of everything to recognize it, but but it happens to the best of us.
1: I know, I I completely understand what you're talking about, because every time I would read a post or these circumstances and I could actually feel into you know where those people were and how difficult and, and perhaps tragic and challenging it was. Do you think everybody's at risk? I think
0: we are all potentially at risk if we are in that space where we're not recharging and we're not taking care of our own needs and our own batteries it's really hard to show up at your best. And at some point, the stress response just kind of runs away with it. You don't really recognize mm-hmm. that it's happening, but it happens. And we've all been in situations in our family where, you know, we're fed up to, you know, our eyebrows with mm-hmm. either situation or maybe a persona in our family who is maybe the negative Nelly and we do tend to lack compassion. So I think, yes, we're all, we could be at risk, mm-hmm. but those particularly at risk are our caring professionals and those who are on the front
1: lines. Yeah, I think it, compassion fatigue for me sometimes can be disguised a little bit as guilt. I didn't do enough, I wasn't there enough, I couldn't be enough. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's the time to step back and take a bit of a pause to, to see really what is ha- happening
0: and I would say compassion fatigue that you just described is more like being in a state of overcare, which is one of the stress responses that you've mm-hmm. mentioned before that you go to whereas compassion fatigue we're just so tired of it we can't feel any empathy for that person in their mm-hmm. situation anymore and we've just had enough so we numb out and we get cold. And I'll give you a good example of that. Um, recently, I met someone from the EMS field who had been an EMT for 20 years. And what she described was that she just became disconnected from the people that she was so showing up to serve. And it's not all emergency things that they see to. Sometimes they're the folks that deal with are chronically mentally ill or people who have chronic medical conditions and they don't do anything to keep themselves out of trouble. For example, someone who's diabetic who doesn't monitor their insulin properly, doesn't eat properly, drinks, and then they have to go there and try to sort things out and get them back on track. And what she described to me is over time, um, they stopped getting breaks because they can't hire Mm positions and more of those mental health calls were coming in and she would go to these calls and be completely devoid of human caring for that individual mm-hmm. saw that as a horrendous weakness in herself versus a stress response that it was so mm-hmm. she actually stopped out of being an EMT because she lost it one day like totally normal situation her brain perceived as being a catastrophic event and it scared the daylights out of her.
1: Mm -hmm. This is so tricky in the workplace isn't it? Because in this situation when she had that response you know employers don't aren't always showing compassion towards that. Well I don't think employers
0: always understand that it is a stress response or a stress reaction and they see Mm -hmm. it as a weakness or a problem with training and it's the exact opposite. It's not that they're not trained. It's that they don't have Mm -hmm. enough energy and battery to be able to deliver or perform. Mm.
1: And so we really have to get to the root of what's happening.
0: Yeah, and the root of what's happening is we are all working under stressful deadlines if you're in a high-stress position right now. So if you're a policeman, a fireman, a nurse, a physician, it's a difficult time because we're working short-staffed. We have our own things at home we're dealing with. So it's kind of a mixed mess.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, we're familiar with, nursing because you're a nurse. And, and as I often say, my mom says, once you're a nurse, you're always a nurse. And, and so those, those areas are really uh, you know a, a hotbed right now for compassion fatigue. They
0: are. And I think that that's been coming for a number of years. I can remember many, many moons ago when we had our first change in how we were going to get paid we didn't forecast all of the things that were going to change in healthcare So we have less money and less reimbursement, higher staffing ratios, mandatory overtime, all those things that the healthcare system was already dealing with and now we put the pandemic on top of it and it's it's really challenging.
1: Mm. It's going to take some significant structural change to uh, move forward, I think to find remedies there. But so, when we think about an individual, what can we do to protect ourselves from compassion fatigue?
0: So we beat this the topic of awareness to death, but if you're in that space where you're starting to feel like you're losing that empathy and that connection for the people that you are caring for, or maybe people in your own family, then it's time to take a step back and say, what what's causing this? Is this really, or could it be compassion fatigue? And if it is, you have to have a plan for getting those batteries bolstered back up. You know, we talk often about tools, but I noticed when I was in that space, and as the EMT uh, shared with me, because you become so disconnected, you don't eat right, you don't sleep well, Mm Taking care of yourself. So if you're seeing that you're that person and you're starting to head towards that, that's a warning sign that it's time to do something about it. You know, talk to a therapist, talk to a friend, get some HR, tell them that you're struggling.
1: We often suggest that we're too busy, we don't have time to do this, and that's that's the worst approach that we could take, pushing it away.
0: Well, the EMT that stepped out, even though she's not in that situation anymore, there's still issues that she's dealing with because she's feeling the loss of being with those people that were her work family, work that she loves. Mm -hmm. Just because you're gonna stop out of a job doesn't mean that all of those challenges and symptoms are gonna go away either.
1: It's all about processing them and, and regulating how they're responding in your body. Yeah. So this week's call to action is is just to ask yourself, are you at risk of compassion fatigue? Notice what your stress response is. How, how do you react when you're stressed? You know, like the EMT who, who really had something significant happen that made her aware that she was at the edge, and if you are, what are you doing to bring yourself back to a place where you're not feeling that level of fatigue? We are, as well, holding a master class, do you want to share a little about that, Deb?
0: Sure, it's uh, April 12, and it is breath technique tools that you can use anywhere to help you take the edge off and get some energy back. So you can find that at lessstressinlife.com forward slash masterclass.
1: So that would be, uh, could be a source of um, tools that you might be able to put in your toolbox if you are feeling that this is you. And that's it. Until next time.
0: Less stress in life is possible. If you're new to this kind of thinking and would like to explore what's possible for you, we'd love to connect. You can reach us through our website at lessstressinlife.com. That's lessstressinlife.com.